Come on, church, put your hands together. I don't know if you can remember all that. I sure can't, but there was something he told us, and there's some cool stuff coming up. I do know that. There's some cool stuff coming up. Uh, We get to serve our city. We get to serve our city on October 3rd. That's my anniversary, by the way. Shout out to wifey. I don't see you wherever you are. That's my anniversary. But I won't be there, but you will. I'll be in trouble if I go. I got to go with my wife and celebrate my anniversary. So I'm excited to be here this morning. I'm excited to be here this morning. Prophet Andre and my dad have been speaking something over the last few weeks. Oh, I'm gone. I don't know where I About a season of harvest. A season of harvest. Today, I've never been more prepared, neither more excited to speak to the house of God. Today is a day that Jesus is going to set some people free. Some people are gonna walk out of this room, free marriages, reborn, relationships restored, addictions laid down. God is gonna do something today and I don't know how ready you are, but I'm more than ready. He's gonna do something today. This is not a normal Sunday. You're not here on an accident. You're a king's kid. You have a purpose, a destiny. There's a purpose in your promise. And let me tell you why you are here. Today, God has anointed this message for you. Holy Spirit, when Jesus left, right, he left us with this Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's gonna be tugging on you all day. Doesn't matter how old, how young, how rich, how poor, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. It doesn't matter where you are today. God has a message for you. I don't care if you're 10, 50, 40, 62, 82, 92, or somewhere in between. God's got a word for you today. He does. Let's start today in Matthew chapter 5, if you don't mind. I'm going to be reading out of the message version today. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 says this. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. God's going to speak to you today. That's the moment that you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. I've never been more excited because today I know that God has a word for each and every one of us and he's taken me through this and I've been walking this out and preparing this and I've preached it and I know it like the back of my hand and I'm going to get a little bit excited today, Marshall, because because I know where he's going to take us today, but there's a lot of stuff in between that you all don't know yet that he's going to teach us today that by the end of this, man, you're going to be ready to run through a wall. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Because there's a purpose in your promise. There's a purpose in your promise. There's a purpose in your promise. Remember what I talked about last time? The presence of God is guaranteed, but his promises are optional. Look at your neighbor and say optional. Okay, okay. Well, you, look at your other neighbor that you haven't looked at other than when you sat down in your chair and just gave him a smile because you're at church with him. And just tell him hi. You don't have to tell him optional. Just tell him hi because you haven't had t- said, said hi yet. You're blessed when you are content with just who you are. You see that uh, little metal under you, if you don't mind. You're here today for a reason. I'm going to take my time when I pronounce this, that today 
God has you here for a reason, for a purpose. But when I say this, I want you to understand that we need to be content in just who we are, but we live in a society in a time, right, where it's very rare to see people content, satisfied, and confident in who they are. Because we are always just one click away from seeing someone else's promise. Someone else's here, their destination. Your here is not their here. Your destination is not their destination. Your promise is not your, their promise. You look and we scroll and we scroll and we scroll and we're always one click away. And your destination is not their destination. But when you look at these things and you compare yourself and you're a single mother and you look at a mother that has a supporting husband and has all her eyes dotted and her T's crossed and she is at every soccer game, every lacrosse game. She brings all the snacks to school. She's at every school event. You're trying to keep your head above water and God says that's not your promise. That's not your purpose. Your here is not their here. Your destination is not their destination. There is purpose in your promise. And along your journey to your destination, for goodness sake, please do not see their destination as your destination. And let's just be real honest. Their destination, what they show you, is just their highlight reel, right? And we're so consumed and getting there. And when I get this, then I can be this. When I have this money, then I can do this. When I have this wife, I can do this. And when my children are like their children, and when my bank account looks like their bank account, and when my here looks like their here, and when my destination looks like their destination, when my promise looks like their promise, then God, then God, then God, and God's saying, what about here now? What about what about today? Whew. God's going to speak to you today. Genesis 28. Let's look at this good guy named Jacob for a minute. Oh, you're here. It's not there here. Your destination is not their destination. See, this is James Logston's 2017 World Powerlifting Championship. He told me yesterday that he was born to lift heavy weight. I wasn't. His destination is not my destination. His purpose is not my purpose. But I'm here. I'm here now, right? You're in your seats today, and whether you argued with your kids on the way to church today, you're in a tough spot financially or in your marriage, you're here. And you're consistently focused on your destination and maybe your destination in your mind is actually a promise for somebody else, but you've pictured it so many times in your head that that's your destination. And you're so focused of reaching, of attaining, of becoming a promise that's not your promise. And so Jacob is on a journey to find Rachel, his wife, his father sends him away. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away, he goes on a journey. And then he wasn't driving a Cadillac. The Cadillac he was driving had one horsepower, probably not even one horsepower, one, one camel power. And he's hundreds and hundreds of miles away. And Jacob comes to this place called Luz. 
on his way to Haran. Jacob settles down that night, it says in Genesis 28. You can throw that up there so they can follow me along. And he comes to this place called Luz. And he's on his way to his destination, but he's still 490 miles away, Caleb. He's 490 miles away from his destination. But what? watch what God can do on your journey to your destination. Let's read. Jacob left Beersheba and went to Haran. He came to a certain place and camped for the night. <laughs> Since the sun had set, I'm a visual learner. I don't really didn't do very well in school. So I had to try to always picture what the teacher was saying or draw pictures. Or I was like, hey, can you show me with your hands? Because I got no idea what you're talking about. So if you're like me today and I'm reading this and you have no idea what's going on, I'm going to try to lay it out in a picture for us today. Is that okay? If so, say yes. Look at me. Just say yeah. All right. All right. So Jacob was on his way to Haran. He's in this place called Luz. He comes there. He finds a stone and he lays his head down on this stone. I'm not trying to sleep on a stone, but this is way before they made pillows or pillow pets or body pillows, whatever kind of pillows, 17 pillows, one pillow, two pillows, throw pillows. He didn't have that. He's on a rock on his journey to his destination at a land called Luz. And as the sun sets, Jacob is, has a dream. And in this dream, imagine the sun is setting in the horizon. There's no land. There's no buildings. Just grass, pastures. It's a valley. The grass is always greener in the valley, but we're always looking for mountaintops. The harvest, the soil is rich in the valley, but we're always looking for the mountaintops. But we'll get there in a minute. We'll get there in a minute. Jacob is falling asleep in the valley. And he finds a stone. And in sleeping on a stone... In the land of Luz, God gives him a dream. And in the dream, God was right before him saying, I am God, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. I am giving you the ground on which you are sleeping. To you and to your descendants. By the way, Jesus was a descendant, and we'll get there. Your descendants will be as the dust of the earth. They will stretch from the south, from the north to the south, from the west to the east. And by you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed and bless themselves, it says. And in you and in your descendants, yes, I will stay with you, God says. I'll protect you wherever you go and I'll bring you back to this very ground. I'll stick with you until I've done everything I've promised you. I'll stick with you until I've done everything that I've promised you. Look at your neighbor and says, he's with me. Look at your other neighbor and say, he's with me. You're going to get into this. We're going to have some fun today, I promise. I, am, I ain't going to preach to nobody. You're going to preach with me. Is that cool? I got some preachers in the room. All right, all right. I know you're a little anxious. I get it. Socially anxious, whatever. We, we'll make jokes. It's fine. You, you don't want to follow along. You don't have to follow along. But I'm going to preach to you whether you want to or not. Holy Spirit's going to move whether you want him to or not. My prayer for today was that he breaks your pattern. And today in the breaking of your pattern, Holy Spirit will enter this room, enter your heart, enter your circumstance, enter your situation. But before we get there, let's talk about Jacob. Jacob says, God says to Jacob, I'll stick with you until I've done everything that I promised with you. Jacob Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, God is in this place. 
surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. You know why he did not know it? Because it's not his destination. He's not there yet. 490 miles away from his promise in a land called Luz with his head on a stone, God speaks to him. He's not there yet. He hasn't achieved what he's supposed to achieve. He hasn't become what he's supposed to become. He doesn't have all of his I's dotted and his T's crossed, but God speaks to him. God's about to break this place down. God is in this place truly, and I didn't even know. He was terrified. He was terrified. He whispered in awe. He whispered. Picture this. The stars are out. The sun is long gone. God speaks to you. God speaks to you. And he whispers in awe, and he says, incredible, wonderful, holy. This is God's house. This is the gate of heaven. This is the gate. Not Haran, not Rachel, not the destination, not the promotion, not the perfect wife and the perfect life and the picket fence. This is the gate. This is the gate. It's not all perfect. It's not all together. This is the gate. Jacob woke up first thing in the morning. He took the stone he had used for a pillow. (laughs) And he stood it up as a memorial. This was very common practice back in the day. And he poured oil all over it. We're reading the same? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he poured all oil on the top. We're reading from the message version, guys, in the back, if you don't mind switching that over because I don't want them to be lost. I'm taking my time today. He took the stone he had used for a pillow as a memorial and he poured oil all over it. He had christened the place Bethel, God's house. The name of the town had been Luz until then. And then Jacob made a vow. If God is standing with me and protects me on this journey on which I am setting out and keeps me in food and clothing and brings me back in one piece to my father's house, this God will be my God. This stone I have set up as a memorial pillar will mark this as a place where God lives. On a journey to his destination, he sets the memorial pillar in the land of Luz that is now known as Bethel, God's house. In the dream, God was showing Jacob a stairway to heaven. And angels were going up and down the stairway. Angels were going up and down the stairway. From the ground up, it says. From the ground up, angels were coming down. And he was laying his head on this stone. Watching angels going up and down. And God speaks to him, this is the gate of heaven. This is the land, not of love, but of Bethel. This is God's house. This is not your destination, but this is where your purpose is because there's a purpose in your promise. And they're on your way to your destination. There's a purpose. Your journey to where you want to go. I see that pillow, Uh, Paul. What was Jacob doing? What was Jacob doing? You all tell me when God spoke to him. What was Jacob doing? 
He was doing what? Why was he sleeping? He's tired. He was on his way to his what though? His destination. So, so Jacob's on his way to his destination, but he's, he's, he's sleeping. He's on, so, so you're telling me he's on his way to his promise, but he sleeps, he's tired. And God speaks to him while he's sleeping. You'll see where I'm going. You'll see where I'm going. Because you want to see where I'm going. Isn't there another guy that was sleeping when he wasn't supposed to be sleeping? What was his name? What was his name? His name started with a J and ended with an S. Jesus. And I think it's, yeah, it's in Mark 4.35. Let's go there. Mark 4.35 says, Jesus was asleep in the boat. You guys know what I'm doing, right? He says, late that day, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. They took him in the boat as he was. The other boats coming along. A huge storm came. A huge storm came. And Jesus was. <laughs> waves upon waves upon waves upon waves. Inches of water in the boat, James. Disciples freaking out. Just, just resting in his promise. Nothing to worry about. Disciples were screaming, teacher, what the heck are you doing? Water's rushing in. Waves crashing in the boat. Water up to their knees. They're sinking. The boat is going down, down and down and down. The thunder is in the background. It's in the dark of the night. They're all alone with nowhere to turn. And Jesus is. And so they say to Jesus, right? They say to Jesus, teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going down? See, 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 to understand the power of this message, you have to contrast what they thought and what he knew. You hear me, church? What they thought and what he knew, Charlton. What he knew. Let's go to the next verse because this is good stuff. Awake now. So now he's out, of his, he's out of his sleep. He's pretty mad now. He's not mad at the storm. He's mad at the disciples. So because he was mad at the disciples, he got mad at the storm. And he's out of his REM cycle. He's out of his sleep. He's frustrated. He had a pillow. He was sleeping on his pillow. I don't know where you find a pillow in a boat on a stern. Jesus found one. He made a way. Awake now, he told the wind to pipe down, and he said to the sea, quiet, settle down. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is tell your mind to shut up. Quiet down. Leave me alone, I have a promise. Shame, have you read Romans 8, 1, shame? Therefore, there is no condemnation, shame for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
My here is not their here. My destination is not their destination. My promise is not their promise. And the journey to the destination, the journey to the promise, God knew where Jesus knew where God was taking him. So on his way to the destination and on the way to his promise, he was. Sleeping. He tells the wind and the waves to quiet down. And it says that when he says that, the wind ran out of breath. The sea became smooth as glass. And Jesus looks at his disciples, the ones that follow him, have seen him do miracles, have seen him perform signs and wonders, have seen him change the world up to this point. And he says this, Jesus reprimanded the disciples. Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? I tell you what, if I was in that boat and Jesus was sleeping, I'd have no faith. I'd be screaming, I'd be yelling, I'd be kicking, I'd be, I would be so mad. And especially, you're going to look at me and tell me when I'm sinking and my boat is sinking and it's the middle of the night with nowhere to go and all, we're on our way to try to change the world and you're asleep in the boat. We're sinking, we're dying. And he's just He reprimands them. Do you not have any faith? I don't have any faith in that moment. I can promise you that. They were in absolute awe. And they staggered. And they looked at each other. And they said this, who is this anyway? Who is this guy? (laughs) They asked the wind and the sea, is that his beck and his call? Who is this man they call Jesus? On his way to his destination, he was asleep in the boat. Mark chapter 5, verse 1, right after Mark chapter 4, says that they got to the other side. They got to the other side. And when they got to the other side... (laughs) When they got to the other side, what happened? Anybody know? Who did Jesus heal? The leper, the madman, the man that had so many demons inside of him. He didn't know who he was. He had lost his identity. He had no idea who he was. And Jesus fixed him. He healed him. And then the man tried to get on the boat when they were going to a new place after Jesus heals him in Mark 5. And Jesus says, no, you have to go to the 10 towns and you have to preach the message. And out, ooh, you're about all the Bible nerds. Let's geek out for a second. You remember what God told Jacob in Genesis 28? You and your descendants will take this good news to all the Land. Bible nerds, listen to me. In Mark chapter 5, that is where God's promise came to pass and the mission was born. So Jesus knew when he was sleeping, he couldn't die in Mark 4 because the promise of Mark 5 had not yet been fulfilled. And so he had a promise. What good is a promise if you don't believe the promise? You see what he's speaking to us today? What good is a promise if you don't believe the promise? And so Jesus grabbed his promise. And he Sorry, Lenny. He sleeps. You got a promise? Grab a pillow. 
Sounds funny. Let's talk about it. You got a promise, grab a pillow. You got a promise, grab a pillow. Let's talk about it. Why do I say grab a pillow? Because you have an assignment from God, a kingdom assignment. That's what we've been talking about, right? If so, say yes. You have a kingdom assignment. You have a promise. Church, you're going to help me preach right here. And God is going to help you fulfill that promise, right? It says in Genesis 28, so why are we trying to control it? Why do we try to be God in our situation? Why do we put all the pressure and the weight of our children on our shoulders? Why do we carry all the weight? It's disrespectful to Jesus himself, is it not? I tell my kids all the time, if you live in shame, that's disrespectful to what Jesus did on that cross because he died so you don't have to. So by you living in that, you're saying no to his blessing. And and they don't mean to, but they don't know. But you know, and the disciples didn't know, but they should have known because it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, that when you are at the end of your rope, there is less of you and there is more of God. So they should have known that on their journey to the promise, on the journey to the destination, that was their destination. It wasn't everybody else's destination they were on a journey to their destination that was their here that was their promise that was their destination and so they should have known in Genesis 28 that the mission that was about to be born but they had no trust so it took an uncomfortable situation for them to realize who was in the boat with them it took near death for the disciples to know who was in the boat with them. You getting this church? Oh man. Because when you got a promise from God that he will not fail you, what do we do? What do we do church? We sleep on it. We sleep on it. We sleep. We sleep on it. What good is a promise if we don't believe the promise? Because while you sleep, God is strategizing. While you sleep, the angels, David, they're working. They're working. They're working. In your situation, in your promise, in your circumstances, he's working. He's working. He is working. He's working, man. He's working in your situation. He's working. The provision of God (laughs) happens. He's making promises. He's making provisions. He's sending his angels out. He's strategizing all why you sleep. Rest in the promise. God, you cannot carry the weight. He has given you abilities and gifts and he is inside of you and through him you can do all things but Jesus was sleeping. Sleeping in his promise. Sleeping in his promise. Sleeping in his promise. So Jesus is setting an example for us. Jesus preached a sermon without preaching a sermon. He showed us the way without even speaking a word. Wow. 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 Trust in him. 
why don't we trust in him more? Why do, why, why do we try to figure all this out? Why do we scream in our boat, hell or high water's coming? Why do we scream so hard and so loud? We try to figure out every situation, every circumstance. Your situation right now, where you are today, let me tell you why you are here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Let me tell you why you are here. Let me tell you. Go ahead and throw that up for us. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Let me tell you why you are here. That is not Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Here we go. All good. It's all right, guys. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Let me tell you why you are here. It says this, you are here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If we lose our saltiness, how will they taste the godliness? If you lose the saltiness, how will people taste the godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage. It says, you will end up in the garbage. So, so, so you got a purpose, and there's a purpose in your promise, and you're on your way to your destination, and you're here as you're here, right? Your promise is your promise, and God says that this is a gate. So on his way to his destination, Jacob and Jesus were sleeping because they knew that God is with them. Surely the Lord will be with me, and he will, anoint, he will light my path, anoint my steps. He will be with me wherever I go. So Jesus is sleeping and he's showing us an example of what truly trusting the Father is. Matthew 5.13, let me tell you why you are here. To be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. You're here. As we finish today, you're here is not always your destination You hear me, church? Your here is not your destination. Where you are today in this moment, this is the gate, Jacob says. He wasn't at Rachel. He was still 490 miles away, but this is the gate. With your crazy teenagers, this is the gate. With your crazy wives, this is the gate. Better be careful. Don't look at her. This is the gate. With your crazy boss, you can talk about them. This is the gate. With your crazy mom and dad teenagers, you can look at them. This is the gate. This is the gate. But in all reality, in the troubles and the worries of life that we all go through, and all the struggles and all the pain and all the hard times and the goods, the ups and the downs, the grass is always greener in the valley and we're always looking for mountaintops because we're always trying to get to what's next. And God says, if you will just slow down and lay your head in the land of Bethel, God's house, this is the gate. How many of us are missing our promise on the way to the destination because we're so focused on there and not here now? What's he speaking to you today? Wipe away Parker's sermon. Don't worry about who's around you, who's beside you. What is he speaking to you now? Holy 
Spirit in this room right now, I command you, I thank you, Holy Spirit in this room for, pro, for providing a situation, a space, and an opportunity for your king's kids to see how good you are. And not because of a word that was spoken today, but because of the Holy Spirit pulling and tugging on your heart saying, trust me, son, trust me, daughter. Let that weight go. You cannot control them. You cannot control it. I am in control. Please grab your pillow and sleep on it. Sleep on it, son. Sleep on it, daughter. Sleep on it. I did not die for you to struggle. I did not die for you to lack. I did not die for you to live in fear because the opposite of faith is. I did not die for you to make more money. I did not die for you to just be a better dad. Touch some toes. I did not die for you to go to all your kids' games. I did not die for you just to be the best husband. I died for you to have a relationship with you, to show you the way of what is truth and what is possible, and to show you the power of God. And though you put him at number one and all the other things become better as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as all those things, we know that, right? We know that. We know that. We know that. I don't have to preach that. We know that, church. We are well educated. My dad has taken very good care of you. We know that. But maybe Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, what we started off with today is not your reality. You aren't content in just who you are. Because you're chasing after somebody else's destination, somebody else's promise that they put out, that they show. And not what you know God has spoken to you long ago, the bottom parts of your heart that you hide from, the assignment inside of you is a promise. And yes, the presence is guaranteed and the promises are optional, but it says in that same good book that he will be with you until his promises are fulfilled. So if you want the promise to be fulfilled, let God do it and We're here to be the salt of the earth, to be a light on a mountaintop. But you cannot do it alone. I've seen miracles, broken bodies healed. I've seen real life resurrection, mental health restored, metal plates dissolved. You know what song I'm singing, Caleb? You know what song? I ain't singing it, but I'm saying it. Because you're too good to not believe. And Jesus, as we rest our eyes in this moment, if you feel comfortable closing your eyes and just having a moment with Jesus for a second as we close the service today, don't fall asleep yet. Do that at home. I know, it's, I get it, but don't fall asleep yet. Your promise is your promise. And there is a purpose in your promise. Church, today, the word that God has given you today is that there is a purpose in your promise. 
And on your way to your promise, there will be storms and there will be valleys. And the valley produces the most ripe harvest. And as harvest has been spoken over this house right now, a harvest of souls, a harvest of people coming back to the Lord, you cannot do that alone. We cannot do that alone. We cannot heal alone. The dead will not be raised alone. You cannot be the best father alone. You cannot see lives changed alone. You cannot save your friends alone. It takes you sleeping on it, trusting the father. That's all we're saying today. So I ask you this question today. What is your purpose in your promise? Why are you here? right now why are you here because in every place there is a purpose you can bicker or you can write the book of revelation on the island of Patmos right before you die you can give up or you can be a world power lifting champion you can quit or you can go back home father and be the dad you know you can be you can quit or you can realize that you don't need to give up on your marriage you just need to let God do God and trust in him you don't need to give up on God. You don't need to go out and do things you know you don't want to do to prove to people who you won't who things you don't really need to prove. You don't have anything to prove. You need to be content with just who you are in Matthew 5 5. So there's a purpose in your promise, and your purpose is determined by you. God gives you a promise, God gives you a destination, God takes you to the land of Luz, but he leaves it up to you to rest in him so that he can transform Luz into Bethel. On your journey to your destination, there is a purpose in your promise. On your journey to their, to your destination, there is a purpose in your promise. On your journey to your destination, there is a purpose in your promise. So I ask you today, Holy Spirit asks you to break your pattern. And he asks you today one question. Why are you here? And I'm not talking about in the house of the Lord this morning. Why are you here in this season, in this situation in your life that may feel like a valley, that may feel like a mountaintop? Why does he have you here today? And are you trusting in the promise of God? And are you trusting if you're still breathing, God's not done, that there is still promise to be had. And so that you can't die, give up, quit in Mark chapter four because your Mark chapter five, your harvest is right around the corner. So you can sleep on it and trust him and follow the steps that he lays before you. So I ask you again today, what is the purpose in your promise? Why are you here? Why are you on the boat in the storm and why are you in the land of Luz today? 
Why are you not at your destination yet? It has nothing to do with you not being good enough. It has nothing to do with the mistakes that you've made. It has nothing to do with anything that you've done because you're not that cool, you're not that good, and you're not worthy. He is worthy. And though your situations and your circumstances, and though the mistakes that you've made, sure, we pay consequences, but there's a good God of grace, and he understands, and he knows what you were going to do before you ever did it, and he gave you this gift of grace, so he knows why you're here today. And as we close today, I'm going to read another scripture, but before I do that, why are you here? Do not close your eyes and open your eyes and miss what God is trying to do with you today. I don't care if you're 15, 40, 50. God is speaking something to you today. Every single one of us are on a journey to our destination. Every single one of us are in a land of love. If you didn't miss that, every single one of us can be in a storm. Every single one of us can be on the land of Haran. Every single one of us can be somewhere. But what are we doing with our here? Now, are we sleeping on it? Are we trusting God? Or are we trying to do it all ourselves? With our children, with our finances, with everything that we got going on. There's a kingdom assignment in every single one of us. You are here. Let me tell you why you're here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, You are here to be a salt of the earth. You're also here to be a great dad. You're also here to be a great mom. You're also here to be a great son. You're also here to love the neighbor next to you. You're also here to love those around you. You're also here to bring revival. You're also here to set the addicts free. You're also here to see metal plates dissolve. But you're also here to be a friend. And it all starts when you trust you. I trust you. Everything around me is chaos. But I trust you. I trust you in the storm. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Peace. Rest over this room. Life. Enter into situations today. I need your life. God be God. Allow us to rest in your promise, to rest in what you know you have spoken to us. Allow us to sleep in our storm today. We lean on you, we love you. Today as we close, eyes open, eyes closed, it's up to you, God's speaking to you, but I want you to remember this verse today, Matthew chapter 10, verses five through 10, as we come to a close today, says this in the message version. You can listen to me. I'm gonna just make it very descriptive for you. Jesus sent his disciples out with this charge, his 12 harvest hands. He's speaking to them of their promise. He's speaking to them of their destination, of their land of love. He's speaking to them about the purpose and their promise. He's speaking to them and he's saying this. Listen to me, church, as we close today. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. Don't be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost. Confuse people right here in the neighborhood. 
and tell them that the kingdom is here. Tell them to bring health to the sick, to raise the dead, to touch the untouchables, to kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. As you open your eyes today and as you stand to your feet, God has got a purpose for your life. As you open your eyes and stand to your feet, as we close service today, He gave you a life to live. He treated you so generously so that you could treat others generously. He says you don't need a fundraising campaign. You don't need to have it all together. You don't have to be able to preach on a sermon. He's giving you the hands and feet in the good news of Jesus Christ. It talks about the church. There is hands, there is feet, there is eyes, there is toes, there is fingers. Every single one of us have an assignment in this house. In your house, in your home, you have assignments. Running from God or chasing after God, you still have a promise. And there is a purpose in your promise. And there is a luz on the destination to Haran and to Rachel. There is a purpose of why you are here where you are today. Find that purpose. Trust in how good he is. Start with those right around you. You don't need a lot. You don't need a fundraising campaign. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment you are he has given you the tools the gifts the talents and the abilities everything inside of you to do what he has called you to do because he doesn't expect you to figure it all out man he says sleep on it he knows the end he knows where you're going he knows what you're going to do the mistakes you're going to make the promises that he's given you trust the journey lean on him Jesus as we close today in prayer I just want to begin by thanking you for this good news this word that you've given us today that we are able to trust in you when we don't want to trust to sleep in the storm to sleep in the land of love that you have called to become Bethel the house of God that this is a gateway this is a gateway this is a gate in my situation today I learned that my situation is a gate to heaven so that I can sleep and trust in you and you will take care of the rest and I can do what you've called me to do be the hands and feet pray for the sick raise the dead heal the broken but I'm also called to sleep and your promise. Jesus, today there's a lot of people from a lot of different places with a lot of different promises. And as we started off the message today, their destination is not your destination. Their promise is not your promise. You are uniquely made in the image of God. You are a king's kid, which means this as we close today. You're the son of God. You're the daughter of God. Imagine being a king's kid, having everything, never lacking, never worrying. And then imagine being a king's of king's kid. Whew. Imagine that. Giving you every emotional need you could ever need. Everything that you could ever desire, he says that you can have it. And though he, he keeps us in check, he is a good father. And he wants you to trust him. He wants you to lean on him, to cry in his arms, just as Mary did 
Just after Lazarus died, Mary and Martha, one of them just went and just cried in his arms and he cried with them. He'll cry with you. He'll talk with you. He'll challenge you. He'll love you. But he's just waiting on you to trust him. So today as we close, Jesus, we thank you that wherever we are at today, that we trust you, that we don't allow this to be another Sunday, but God, that we decide that here is here and now is now and there is no better time than now to trust in you. I may not be on my destination and I may not be at what you have promised me, but today I will live in my land of love and I will trust that you have converted it to Bethel, the house of the Lord, and I will rejoice in it. I will be glad in it. I will go home today and worship. I'll go home today and read. I'll go home today and talk with you. I'll wake up tomorrow and spend some time with you. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it because I'm in a relationship with you and I'm ready to trust you and I'm ready to give you my marriage, my home, my children. I'm ready to give it to you so that I can sleep on it. Sleep on your promise. Sleep on it. You have a promise. I don't care how old, how young, how broken, how mended back together by the love of the Lord. I don't care. He doesn't care either. You have a promise. And he needs the hands and the feet to do what he wants to do. He doesn't need us, he just wants us, right? He can do anything he wants, but he gives us this thing called free will. And he gives us an option. He doesn't make you trust him. He's a gentleman. He allows you to make that decision for yourself. He doesn't make you love him. He's a gentleman. He allows you to make that decision for yourself. He doesn't make you sleep in the storm. He's a gentleman. He allows you to make that decision for yourself. So today, if you're ready to trust him with every head bowed and every eye closed today as we stand and as we're out of here in 30 seconds, as every eye is closed in this room today, I just want you simply to raise your hand when I say three. If you are ready to give everything to him, to lay it down at the altar and to trust him one Ah, you feel it coming. If he's tugging on your heart, nobody's looking at you. Nobody's calling you out. Listen, it's time to trust. It's time to give it to him. And I don't want you to raise your hand because you're in church. I don't want you to raise your hand because of those around you and what they think. And I don't want you to not raise your hand because of what people think. It doesn't matter. Be content in just who you are. That is when you are most blessed. That is when you figure out everything that can't be bought is when you are content with just who you are. No more or no less. So this moment is for you today. When I say three, two, one, two, when I say the number three, I want you to lift your hands in a prophecy of declaration over your life that I will trust the word of God. So when I say this number three, it's not just a number. It's a sign from God to you if he's tugging on your heart today, if you know it's time to sleep into your promise, or if you know it's time just to start learning about your promise. Three, raise your hand now, every head bowed. As hands are raised all over this room today, Jesus, we come to you. We lift our hands in a sign of surrenderance that we don't have it all together, that we don't have it all put together, but we will trust you in our storm and in our valley. God, use our valley 
Use Luz and turn it to Bethel. Use our situation. Allow us to sleep in our promise so that we can hear what you have to say about where we are today. And if we don't know why we're in the situation we're in and we're mad at God about why we're here and we're complaining to God about why we're here and who we're with and why we're doing this, I encourage you, sleep on it. Trust Him. Jesus, today we surrender everything to you. name and if you raised your hand and if you believe that this is a declaration over your life I want you to say amen I love you church I love you Thank <laughs> you.